Long Beach Sermons, visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. So I'm Bill White. I am one of the pastors here. Um, and boy, what a, what a great day. What a great day. We, uh, you know, Easter around City Church is bigger than just a, uh, just one thing. So there's this gathering. We had a gathering this morning on the beach. Uh, we've got a little gathering at our new community home uh, for lunch for the for the families there that uh, have found housing with us. And uh, we also had another gathering. Uh, and I think we have a photograph of this important gathering earlier um, because, uh, yeah, uh, Courtney Owens and uh, the Easter Bunny passed out uh, a zillion Easter egg bags to neighbors. And uh, yeah, how fun is that? So, but this is just who we are, right? As a church, we're like, look, it, it's not just the uh, singing of songs or listening to a sermon. It's actually loving God and loving people. And we're trying to lean into that. And we get to learn a little bit about that today. Uh, as we come to the scripture from the gospel of John, we're going to hear about the resurrection of Jesus and how that is a game changer. So uh, our friend, uh, Sam Yu. Uh, Sam, if you want to unmute yourself, Sam's going to read scripture for us today. All right, this is uh, John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been one at the head and other, the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet descended to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Hey, good morning and good, e uh, happy Easter friends. Uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Brenna Rubio and I am the other pastor here at City Church of Long Beach. I felt myself getting emotional as Sam was reading this passage, um, like really just, just starting to tear up. And it's actually a familiar feeling this week. I've had quite a few times this week where this has been uh, the case. And, and I think because of that, that's why I'm just, I'm resonating so much with this passage. I love how Mary refuses to answer the question woman, why are you crying? And sometimes that is an unanswerable question. It's just too complicated. 
I took three of my kids back to in-person, you know, hybrid school for the first time this past Monday morning. And I, I made it, you know, as they were like getting through their temperature scans and walking off, they saw me smiling. And then there I am standing at the side of the gate and I just started weeping. And, and it wasn't like a short one. It wasn't a pretty one. It was one of those ugly cries, right? Like it was just, man, it was going to go for a little while. And if somebody had asked me, woman, why are you crying? I would not have had an answer for them right then. It's complicated. It's a lot. And something about this moment, it has, it's all just hit me at once. All the sadness, all the loss, all the stress, all the grief of this past year. And it's hitting. And I wonder if there wasn't something like that happening for Mary right there. Maybe she'd been able to get some sleep. Maybe she'd been able to distract herself for a while. But now she can't deny it. There is so much loss that she is experiencing. In Jesus, she had finally found this person who could set her free from the demons that plagued her. And, and that is something that we know about Mary Magdalene. We're introduced to her in Mark as this woman whom Jesus had driven demons out of, had set her free. And how terrifying for her to wonder, are they going to come back now that he's gone? What will my life be like? She had been a woman on the margins, ill, struggling. And this had been the one man who had, had seen in her the leadership and the strength and, and just the humanity. He'd called it out. He treated her with dignity and respect. All the time she, she saw him treating women and those on the margins with a, a respect that they just did not get in other places. Saying things like, daughter, your faith has healed you. What would happen now that she had lost this friend and this teacher? There was no answer to the question, woman, why are you crying? It had been a lot. There were a lot of losses she was grieving. So perhaps it's a bit insensitive after Brenda Rubio just described her <laughs> ugly cry <laughs> at the gate of school. But I do want to ask us that same question, us. Why are you crying? And maybe we could take a moment with ourselves. Have you really processed that question? What if it's a real question? And as Brenna reflected on Mary and some of the things that she lost, maybe we could reflect on that too.
And maybe that's part of the Easter story. So as we reflect on this last year, right, the twin pandemics of the virus and racism in our country, that, wow, there's a lot that's been lost. There's a lot. I think some of us, our, our dreams or our images of what our country is. I think a lot of us have, have lost some dreams around what the church is and what it's not. I, I suspect that for many of us, um, to some degree or another, we, we may feel just like Mary, that I've lost God. You know, that simple kind of Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior connection that we used to have as, as kids or maybe as younger adults. It's not as easy now to, to just let that fall off our tongue because there's so many doubts. There's so many feelings. You know, and you, you think about all the homophobia that's been exposed in the church and all the racial injustice in the church. And we wonder, I don't know. The God we used to think was real. Maybe he's not that real. Because God's people aren't looking at all like Christ. It seems like, well, maybe we were just giving lip service to some idea that had no power. And I think for some of the rest of us, you know, as we look back on this last year, we might feel like we've lost maybe not God, but maybe the equivalent of God, maybe something um, that held that place in our lives, that sense of a successful life. And now we lost our job or we lost a relationship that meant the world to us. Had a friend share about, you know, their, their daughter went off to college and, and they said it felt like a death. Like th these are the things that, whether it's COVID related or something else, that there's a lot of loss. And there are probably a lot of good reasons why we're crying. But ultimately, I think as, as we read in the Gospels, these stories about Jesus, that grief, real grief, is the friend of faith. And as we press into that, we realize that despair is the enemy of justice. And what divides the two is hope. It's beautiful, Bill. Thank you. Yeah, there is this sense that in the midst of all of our losses, we know there's something to be found. There's something to look for. There is, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and yet so often in the midst of our losses, that's not easy to see. It seems like God really has to work 
to get our attention, to help us, to nudge us, um, to help us see what's there, what's in front of us, what might be next. So often we are, we're like Mary, uh, who when, when Jesus first talks to her in the story, he, he wants to show himself to her. And, and the, the scripture tells us that she just thinks, well, he's the gardener. He's just the gardener, right? There's something, it's not obvious to her. In some ways, it's a good reminder that Jesus is kind of sneaky that way, right? In this culture where we have like pastors and other people in the church life who are kind of like megastars, right? Like they're just like, just like, wow, big personalities and, you know, the people that we follow on Instagram and they're just kind of like, they're impressive, right? The weird thing is, is that if Jesus were around today, I don't think he would have much of an Instagram following. He actually was not all that impressive. In Isaiah 53, it says that he had no beauty, no majesty that would attract us to him. He's just kind of, he's subtle that way. One of my favorite passages, it's, it's really talking about us, but it, it, it makes me think about Jesus and, and how people would have experienced it, experienced Jesus. It talks about us having the aroma of Christ. And I think, yeah, that works. Because some of the best leaders, best people that I have ever known have been sneaky like Jesus, have been subtle like Jesus, like not impressive at first glance, not um, charismatic, you know, nothing that just like draws you to them by their just like amazing personality. And, but there's just something where they smell like Jesus. They're just that loving, that kind, that wise, that humble. They smell like Jesus. And so Mary misses it. She hasn't caught the aroma yet. She hasn't yet been cued that she needs to lean in. She just thinks he's the gardener. All right, friends, this is us. If, if you cannot hear yourself in what Brenna Rubio is talking about, like, you know, half the time Jesus shows up in your life and you just think he's the gardener, right? You, I mean, this is what you do. This is what I do all the time. We miss the beauty, the glory, the love. We miss Jesus in, in these incredible acts of kindness and justice. And we just pass by because we're too busy or we're looking for something else. I think I've got a friend who's, this guy's in his forties and we take walks sometimes on the riverbed and he is really into birds. And he stops and makes me look at birds. It's so great. He's like, do you know, this is the red finch, this, that, and the other. And he's got, he's working on these flashcards and, and it's like, I just thought that was the gardener. Right. I miss like, no, there, there's the beauty. And it was funny yesterday, Katie and I went on a hike and uh, we were walking in Morrow Canyon down there by Crystal Cove and this shaded part of the Canyon up this hill. And there was a bird and I saw it. I saw the bird. I was like, Katie, there's a bird. It had this little red head. And, uh, and we stopped and we looked at the bird. And it just reminds me, like, this is, this is what it means to find Christ right here, right now, 
um, and to see past just the garden. That's so great. And sometimes we need that person. We need the person who shows us, who points it out, right? And in this case, Mary, Mary said she needs the help. She's not getting it. She is about to miss Jesus, but he is not going to let her because there is something for her to find in this morning. And so Jesus calls out to her, no longer just as a woman, but he calls her by her name, Mary. And it's such a powerful thing to be named. Don't you feel that in this story, that shift from woman, woman, to Mary, my friend. There's this, this intimacy, this knowledge of each other. He's saying, oh, don't you see me? I see you. There's care, affection, all built into the calling of a name. And then there's actually another layer here. Because though we translate this, it gets written into our text as Miriam. In the original text written in the Aramaic and then translated into the Greek, it's her Aramaic name that's used. It's the name Miriam. And so there's this, this subtle reminder, even as Jesus calls out to Mary, where he's saying, you were named for someone. You were named for a purpose. You were named after one of the great prophets of the people of Israel, Miriam who helped lead her people through the Red Sea into liberation. And now this Miriam is going to have a chance to do the same. It's, it's a reminder not only of their friendship, but a hint of the purpose that is laid out for her because she too is going to get to be a part of this incredible Easter morning. She too will be a, a prophet going to tell her people that freedom has arrived. Fantastic. So good. And so the question is for us, right? Can, can we hear Jesus calling our name, our true name, the name of destiny, the name of purpose? It's, it's hard to hear. I mean, let, let's freely admit, we grant this is, this is hard to hear. But I think if we listen, it'll come. Sometimes it comes through someone else. Sometimes it comes in different ways, right? And along with that, so often is attached the sense of, of destiny. There's a man who comes to city church sometimes who uh, he, he is this person. He is a man of destiny who is, has found Jesus. He's heard his name called. Um, his name is Will, and I think we got a picture of Will here. He shows up every now and then with his sister, Amanda. Um, look at Will, right? That guy has met, if you do not know Will, uh, you need to meet Will. He has met Jesus and is full of joy. Full of joy. Um, and I was talking, uh, his sister, Amanda, and her husband, 
John were over at our house on Friday night for Good Friday. We did that, that church thing where we had a couple of families over outside, had dinner. And Amanda, I was like, you know, I was just thinking about Will this morning and all of his joy. You know, how he just feels like he demonstrates someone who knows who he is. And, and Amanda is like, oh, totally. And John's like, oh, totally. Um, and, you know, even though Will has Down syndrome, he's a leader in this world. He knows who he is. His name means strong protector. Will protects us from despair. He guards the sense of joyfulness that is ours because God says it is. Because God says, I know you, I see you, I've called you. And joy, joy is irrepressible in will. It is such a gift to know him. And I think it's such a gift to know you. Jesus is here today. And Jesus is calling your name your true name, saying, I see you and I'm alive. Th this is what Mary found. She found herself in his calling. And that's what we get to find as well. What I love is how she turns and responds back. Her name has been called. She has been named. She's gotten that nudge, that little help in the midst of loss to be able to look for what there might be to find. And so she turns and she looks at Jesus and she cries out in response in Aramaic, Rabboni, which as a text cues us, it's, it's translated teacher. But we think, we're not entirely sure, no one's entirely sure, but we have the sense that there may be some other meanings beyond just teacher. Because usually we might use the word, she might have used the word rabbi. Why rabboni? Well, it's, it's kind of like me calling one of my kids baby. Uh, or my, uh, my mother-in-law, if she were to talk to one of my children saying, mamacita. Right, there's this sense of endearment to the term. It's not just teacher, it's my teacher. Teacher, friend, teacher who I know and I love. This is the kind of teacher that she's turning around and she's seeing this Jesus who she has walked with, she's learned from. And he's there. But then there's this other potential meaning of the word Rabboni. Because sometimes in writings, uh, spiritual writings in the same time period, Rabboni actually means God. And so there's also at the same time, the sense that Mary is turning around looking at Jesus and all of the sudden seeing him in a new light because she had seen him. She had seen his body. She knew what she had lost. She knew he died. And now here he is, alive again. 
And what other explanation could there be with all that she knows of him and now seeing him, but to say, God. And what if she's actually holding both of those things in tension? My teacher friend, my God, the one I know and love intimately, who's near to me, the God who's incredibly awesome, all of that together in this one person, Jesus. So Mary had lost a lot and she had found a lot. And she, she finds, right, this, she turns, she hears her voice, she's called and she responds and she finds Jesus, the real Jesus, God, her teacher. And this is the invitation to us as well today is that because Christ is alive, that means we get to live into this world with our teacher and our God with us. That means we get to live out these teachings. We actually get to care about justice. And it's not just because we feel like it. It's because it's God's heart. It's what Jesus taught this whole kingdom that he pronounced as invading this world is true. And it's backed by, by God's own self. It is the way the universe was intended to run. And we are invited into this, this whole new life, to be part of this new creation. This is indeed what, what Esther said at the very beginning of the service. This is the renewal of all things. That is now ours. We get to participate because our Raboni is alive. Our God is here. And we get to participate in the kingdom coming.